This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Some of us are not feeling like I am feeling this morning. Maybe because you were a saint or what, I don't know. But I was not a saint. I was out there in the dark. The Bible says in Colossians 1 and verse 13, let me start from 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to say to yourself, I'm a new person. And therefore, there's no condemnation to me. Because the old has passed away. Can somebody shout a very big hallelujah? Can somebody say glory to God? Hallelujah. Well, this season we are talking about soul winning. For those of us who were in the morning service, it was an awesome time. We were reminded, using that 2 Corinthians 5, the man of God that shared the word of God in the morning, he took us back. He used Paul as an example. Paul was saved and Paul knew there was no time to waste in saving others. Paul was motivated by the fact that he wanted to please God. Paul was motivated by the joy that lays ahead for a soul winner. Just like Jesus Christ said, he despised the shame. He despised the fact that people were insulting him. It didn't bother him because of the joy that was set before him. Paul also was motivated to go out there and win souls because he was a command of the almighty God. And God is saying, if you love me, then you must obey my commandment. You cannot claim to love God where you will not obey him. That is the word of God. God says if we love him, we have to obey his commandments. And Paul went out there and did exploits for Jesus Christ. Paul was not even there among the 12 disciples. But Paul did the most. He wrote three quarter of the New Testament. Somebody's life is going to change today in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you're going to pick up where Paul stopped. And you're going to go and make history in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you one thing. The greatest tragedy in life is for you to climb a ladder against a wall. And then when you've gotten to the peak, you find out you were climbing the wrong ladder. Many of us are climbing the wrong ladders. We are not on the right ladder. The only commandment that Jesus Christ gave us in the book of Mark 16, and I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark 16 and verse 15. After he he appeared to his disciples, that was the only thing he said to them. He said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In this go ye is everything that you need for life. Because for you to go to the nations, you need visa. If God is saying go to all the worlds, he's not saying go to Nigeria. Go to all the worlds means go to America, go to the UK, go to France, go to wherever. 
China. And you're not going to go there without visa. So that thing that you're killing yourself to get visa. Going the wrong way. Doing all kinds of things to get visa. You don't need to. All you need to do is to become a soul winner. Just like Jesus Christ said. And the visas will be made available. Praise the Lord. Verse 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Everything we need for life and for godliness is inside this commandment of go to all nations and preach the gospel. When you are obeying that word, signs and wonders will follow you. I noticed in church that when we have a preacher telling you that a mighty car is coming, a Lexus is coming from here, everybody is so excited and standing up. But do you know that all you need to do to get all those things is go and preach the gospel. And everything will be added unto you. The signs and the wonders you're looking for, they will be added unto you. The signs and wonders, the children you're looking for, God will give you children. You will be tired of children. You will be the one to go and start tying up your tubes. Is it money you're looking for? God will give you so much money. You won't even know what to do with money anymore. What is it they are looking for? Is it beauty you're looking for? I said God will give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the word of God says is the one that satisfies our mouth with good things. And our youth is renewed as the ego. Do you think that God will be interested in the renewing the youth of somebody who refuses to be a soul winner? No, he will not do that. Why would God be mindful of you if you're not a soul winner? If you want God to be mindful of you, you must be beneficial to God also. Because whatever a man soweth, that he shall reap. God has given us power and authority. If only you can be a soul winner. That thing you're looking for, many of us have been deceived by false prophets. Because we are going, looking for one one prophet or the other to tell us that signs and wonders will happen. And yet, all we need is just to be a soul winner. You don't need to go defiling yourself because you're looking for one contract or the other. All you need to do is to be a soul winner. Somebody say, I am going to become a soul winner from today. I want to hear it loud. Many people are not saying it. Can you shout it loudest to the heavens? I am going to become a soul winner from today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Is it sickness you're looking for? Or sickness that is troubling your home? You're looking for healing. Be a soul winner. And sickness will have no choice but to bow in the name of Jesus Christ. What are the expectations of the wicked concerning you? Be a soul winner. And what God will do is that he will prepare a table before you right in their presence and they cannot do anything about it. Can somebody shout hallelujah? I'm not telling you what I don't know. By his grace, I am a soul winner. I was a little youth copper girl on campus. My roommates were telling me about Jesus Christ. I refused to hear. He said I was partying, doing all kinds of things. But on that glorious day, during my youth service, the Holy Spirit met me. And I wept my eyes out. Because it occurred to me, what if I had died in those days when I was partying and doing all those nonsense? I would have been in hellfire burning. But Jesus saved me. And I made up my mind I was going to serve him. I made up my mind I was going to tell others too. Because I wish I was saved in my first year. In university. And that is why I tell everybody. Don't judge anybody by the looks. It's possible that some people will look at me. And judge me. 
Maybe because I'm wearing this wig, but you don't know. You simply don't know. Don't judge anybody by the looks. Looks. The one singular reason I didn't give my life to Christ when I was on campus was because of the way the SU people dressed. I didn't like it at all. I just couldn't imagine myself with my very long hair. In those days, my hair was really long, natural. How can I cover this hair? Why? How can I wear those long gowns? Why? Why won't I look nice? Why won't I rub powder and wear my earring? And that destroyed my life. That is why we should go out there and preach the gospel. Preach the good news. Don't preach the bad news. Go out there. Jesus Christ did not come to condemn the world. But he came that through him we might all have life and have it more abundantly. There was a story in the book of Matthew 25. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. We're going to be reading from verse 14. You can put it up on the screen. Matthew 25 and verse 14. It says, For the kingdom of God is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered them unto them his goods. I'm so happy that this morning everybody was testifying of how God has delivered his goods to them. Testifying of the goodness of God. Testifying of the great provisions. This is exactly the situation here. And then unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. Every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. If Jesus Christ were to walk into this hall right now, what would you score yourself? What would you write on that piece of paper for yourself? And if he says, everybody bring out a piece of paper and just write there, faithful or slothful servant, what would you write? Well, let me finish the story before we get there. He says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides these ones five talents more. The Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rulers over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid that talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast it. That is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knowest that I reap where I, I, I don't sow. Gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. Then at my coming I should have received my own with usury, interest. 
Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him who has ten talents. For unto every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from them that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Cast ye the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So if the Lord were to walk into this hall right now and ask you to write on a piece of paper, faithful or slothful servant, what would you write? We have to be very honest with ourselves. What would you write? Would you be faithful? Would you be slothful? There's only one assignment. The assignment is go ye and win. Go ye to all the nations and win them over to Christ. He didn't say, go ye and collect all the contracts in town. He didn't say, go ye and become a fashionista. He didn't say, go ye and be doing whatever it is that you think you're doing. He only said, go ye. That's why I said, the biggest tragedy in life is when you, you're climbing a ladder against a wrong wall. That will be a big tragedy. And by the time you get to that top, you will now look and see, I was against the wrong wall. The right wall is for us to go and win souls for Jesus Christ. Putting him first and all other things will be added unto us. If you notice, the master said to the people that had the five and two talents, enter into the joy of your master. Do you know what the joy of the master is? It's amazing joy. It's amazing joy. So when you get home, I want you to read Proverbs chapter one. It's a scary chapter. He says, when, I, when you call that day, I will not answer you. Why? Because I was also calling you, you refused to answer. When you enter into the joy of your master, the master stands at attention. Heaven is attention. When they hear your voice, heaven is saying, no, that is the voice of a soul winner. There is no way we can ignore that voice. Because whether we like it or not, a day of crisis is coming in the life of every man, every woman. Where you will need heaven to answer you. But is heaven going to answer you? And that is why the Bible says in Ezekiel 22 from verse 30. Let me just be sure. Ezekiel 22 verse 30. You can put it on the board. I think I'm right. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. I'm right. He says he's looking for a man who will make up the hedge. Who will stand in the gap for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Do you know the person that God will find not to destroy our nation, Nigeria? A soul winner. A soul winner. A soul winner. I'm sure many of us will say that we've been praying in Nigeria. There are so many night vigils. So many church programs. Praying for Boko Haram. Praying for all kinds of things. But how come so much is still happening? Because a lot of those voices are not the voices of soul winners. They are not the voices of soul winners. God is looking for that man that will stand on the gap so that destruction does not come on this nation. <sighs> Abraham had a conversation with God in Genesis 18. And he kept on bringing out the number of the righteous men that if you have this number of righteous men in the land, the land will not be... God told him, just keep on. Where he stopped, Abraham stopped in number 10. He said, if there were 10 righteous men here, God said, I will still save. Then he got tired. But the truth is that for the sake of one righteous soul winner, one righteous soul winner, God will save the entire land. 
After all, because of Jesus Christ, God saved all of us. It was one man that came. God is looking for the voice of the soul winner to stand on the gap that this nation, Nigeria, will not be destroyed, that your family will not be destroyed. Are you that soul winner in that family? Because of you, God will save your husband. God will save your wife. God will save the children and preserve them until they can know him as Lord and Savior. Because there's no way God will want to bring joy, bring sorrow to somebody who gives him joy. The Bible says, for every soul that is one, there is rejoicing in heaven. So if you're a soul winner, there is no way that God will want to give you sorrow. Impossible. It is impossible. Because there is no wickedness in our God. Our God is a good God. So for the voice of one soul winner, an entire household will be saved. Entire nation will be saved. The entire church will be saved for the voice of one soul winner. God is looking for that soul winner. So this morning, I've come to challenge us to become soul winners. A soul winner is wise. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. If you sow joy, can you imagine the best person to sow into? God. If you sow into me, I may not even remember to pay you back. But when you sow joy to God, God says you will enter into his joy. And his joy is joy unspeakable, full of glory. Can somebody shout hallelujah? So how have you scored yourself? Have you scored yourself as the unfaithful servant or the slothful servant or the faithful servant? God has not come here to condemn us. He has only come to wake us up. He's a loving God. He doesn't want to condemn us at all, at all, at all. He says, blessed is that servant. Let's go to Matthew 24, verse 46. He says, blessed is that servant whom when his Lord cometh shall find so doing. So today you can change that report by making up your mind that you're going to be that servant whom when the Lord will come will find so doing. Doing what? Doing what Mark 16, 15 says. Going to all the nations, preaching the gospel. You might say, which nations now? Start with your neighbor. Do you know for one person, one person is a nation. One person is a nation. Even your child is a nation. I am a nation. You are a nation. So when God is talking about nation, he's talking about that person sitting next to you. Some of us are seated here. We have not even given our lives to Jesus Christ. So we're not even talking about those ones yet. I want you to just turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you born again? Please answer very genuinely because this might be your last chance to be born again. And take it very seriously. Because I remember somebody came into my office once and I, I just asked him that question, are you born again? He, he started uh, you know, behaving funny. I said, answer me. You know, I said he doesn't know what born again is. I started explaining to him. After explaining, he said, thank you very much, ma. So, can I lead you to Christ now? He said, later. And that later never came to be. Because after a while, I decided to call his number again. Somebody else picked the phone. And I said, can I speak to the owner of this phone? He said, I'm sorry, ma. He passed on. That is the truth. Today is the acceptable day. Tomorrow may be too late. Ask your neighbor again, are you born again? 
If the answer is no, please lead them to Christ. That is your opportunity to be a soul winner right now. If the answer is no, lead them to Christ right away. Don't let them even wait for the end of the service. Because nobody knows the next hour. Nobody knows anything. Lead them to Christ right away. Masketerebo Shandaraba. Now that we know that we should be soul winners, how are we going to be effective as soul winners? And that's why I'm here today. To tell you that we need the Holy Spirit to be effective as soul winners. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. I'm telling you. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. The person you're seeing here used to be a very shy person in those days. Very shy. Couldn't even open my mouth and speak. But the Holy Spirit has so empowered me that even sometimes I'm, I'm wondering, is it me or what? I can't even believe the kind of things I can do in the place of evangelism. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. But you know that many of us are seated here, we're born again, we're not even filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. It was talking about um, Philip in Samaria. Philip had gone to preach in Samaria, but the Bible says that those people did not even have the Holy Spirit upon them. Because there is Holy Spirit inside at birth, at the new birth, and Holy Spirit upon you to empower you. Which was why God told the apostles in Acts of the Apostles 1, a tarry ye until you be endued with power. But now we don't need to tarry you. So don't think you need to wait in one room until the Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit you can receive right now by faith. You can receive right now by the laying on of hands also. So let's look at Acts 8 from verse 14 we read. It says... First of all, the whole Acts 8 earlier on was talking about how Philip went to that city of Samaria and preached the gospel. And the Bible says there was great city. In, there was great joy in the city. And they gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. And he did signs and wonders in their midst. But they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot run the Christian race. So when the older apostles heard about it, they had to come down. Verse 13 says, or verse, uh, sorry, where is it now? Verse um, 12. But when they believed Philip's, that's not where I want to read. Okay, verse um, 14. It says, now when the apostles that were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he was not falling on any of them. They were only baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor you need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. The Holy Spirit is the one that will empower us. The Holy Spirit is our enabler. The Holy Spirit is our strengthener. He's the one that can quicken. He's the one that can direct. He can do so many things in our lives. The Bible says about the, you know, the function of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want us to look at John 14. John 14. We can read from, from verse 16. It says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seared him not. 
Neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. So this Holy Spirit is the one that is supposed to be in us, dwelling in us, living in us, helping us, empowering us. The Bible says in that Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2 that we read that we who were dead in sins and trespasses were quickened by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that quickens us out of living that life of sin and trespasses to becoming true children of the Most High God, members of the household of God. We need the Holy Spirit. You cannot do without the Holy Spirit. These people in Samaria had not received the Holy Spirit and Peter and John had to go there to go and pray for them so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. Also in Acts of the Apostles 19, 1 and 2, the Bible says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, the Bible calls them disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. But then in verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You need the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor you need the Holy Spirit. And then I want you to ask that your neighbor, do you pray in tongues? Please let the person answer you. So that we can move on from there. If you don't pray in tongues, I don't know how it's going to work. The Bible tells us something about how we should pray. Ephesians 6. Let's turn to Ephesians 6 and 18. All this I'm talking about is how we can be effective as soul winners. Ephesians 6 and 18 says... Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is how we're supposed to be praying. We're supposed to pray in the spirit and then watch. What does it mean to watch? And even this is not just for evangelism, for every aspect of our lives. For as many as are getting frustrated, the end of the year is coming and nothing seems to be happening. Your prayer, something is not quite right. Pray in the spirit and then watch. The Bible tells us something, how we should pray in this spirit and watch. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. How we should pray in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. It says, I will pray in the spirit. And then I will pray in understanding. So first of all, pray in the spirit. And then pray in understanding. When we pray in the spirit, we watch to see the direction that the Holy Spirit is leading us. When you get into the habit of praying in the spirit, your life will change forever. I mean forever. When you pray in the spirit, you pray in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one leading us. Because the Bible tells us that we don't know how we ought to pray. Romans 8 and 26. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. And then we are able to pray with groanings that cannot be uttered according to the will of God because he knows the mind of God. So in every aspect of our lives, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit. As you're praying, he will start speaking to you either in your spirit man or maybe through a song that will come or a scripture that will come and that will give you direction for your prayer. When we pray like that, we have results. Daniel stood on the gap for the nation of Judah, Jerusalem, to be saved in Daniel chapter 9. 
1 to 3. The Bible says that Daniel understood by the books that the 70 years captivity that was prophesied by Jeremiah, the prophet in, in Jeremiah uh, uh, chapter 25, had been fulfilled. So Daniel stood on the gap and prayed, repenting. As the Holy Spirit was leading him, he was repenting on behalf of the nation. And God answered Daniel in Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, God stirred the heart of the king of Cyrus, or the king of Persia, Cyrus, and said, go and build me a house in Jerusalem. A hidden king was stirred by God. That is what the Holy Spirit does when you pray. You don't need to go manipulating anybody. You don't need to go begging anybody for anything. Just pray and the Holy Spirit will stir up somebody's heart on your behalf. The Holy Spirit stirred up the heart of this king and said, go and build me a house in Jerusalem. And guess what? The people that were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years, the same king called all of them, oh yeah, everybody pack your load and go back to your country. Go there and build me a house. That is what the Holy Spirit does when you involve him. And the Holy Spirit is saying that many of us Christians we are not involving him in this our Christian race. And that is why we are struggling. And the truth is that even me, for a long time, I didn't even realize that the Holy Spirit is the only God here on earth with us. He's the only God here on earth with us. Because when Jesus Christ was saying, he says, I will not leave you without a comforter. The Father will send one who will be with you. He will remind you of things. He will teach you all things. He will show you things. He will take off mine and give it to you. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But we are not engaging him. And that's why he's telling us now, begin to engage him. It will benefit you all around in the name of Jesus Christ. It will benefit you in every aspect of your life, not just the soul winning. In your relationships, it will benefit you if you can engage the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And he's the helper that is underutilized by us Christians. Let us make up our minds that from today we are going to engage him. The Holy Spirit is the one that will tell you where to go to preach. It happened to, to Philip. Philip was going, the Holy Spirit said to him, go and get on that chariot. And the Ethiopian eunuch happened to be reading the book of Isaiah. Where he was talking about Jesus Christ, the man didn't understand. And Philip said, this thing you're reading, do you understand? He said, how can I understand when there's no one to explain? Then Philip preached the good news to the Ethiopian eunuch. And that's how that man was saved and went away rejoicing. Engage the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, engage the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is idle in many of our lives. His hands are tied. And the Holy Spirit wants to do so much. We need him more than ever before to divinely pray for Nigeria. To divinely pray for our neighbors. We need the Holy Spirit. For instance, now look at on... On um, maybe like three days ago, I was worshiping and then I saw myself interceding in the spirit. I mean, this intercession was not me anymore. I knew it wasn't me anymore because the thing was even flowing outside of me. I knew it was the spirit man in me praying. I prayed and I sang in the Holy Ghost. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And God gave me a word, Job 5, from verse 19 to 26. And when I read it, the first verse says, I will deliver you from six troubles. Yeah, out of seven troubles. And he started counting all the different, different troubles. I was just thanking God. I was so happy. And even concluded that you will get to your grave in your full old age. So now I have confidence that I'm not going to die before my time. No matter what Boko Haram wants to do. 
I will not die before my time in Jesus' name. And you will not die before your time also. But then the truth was that intercession was not even for me. And I got to know my house health. Even as I was still praying, I just called her to bring something. And she, she came and she told me she has trouble. I said, please don't tell me about your trouble. I'm still praying. After my prayer, you can tell me about your trouble. What happened? Her nephew was arrested and taken to a deep forest. A deep forest where nobody would have ever found him. If not the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Spirit moved. As that intercession was going on, he moved. And, and touched the heart of a stranger. They had taken them, they chained them with chains. Saying they were going to take them to prison. And many people are in prison today. Their parents don't know where they are. So, but God touched somebody there who said, give me your mother's number and I will call. So that's how the man called my house help. And my house girl said where she went to, she, mommy, she said, you, I, I don't know where that place is. In the deep forest. And when they got there, big chains, they had chained those children, hands and legs. But that man was watching over this particular three, three of them. The rest were abandoned. Nobody was looking after them. And that's how the man insisted, gave them food, gave them water, insisted that they should release their chains. And my house girl said they asked her to bring uh, 10,000 to bail them. She had only eight. She was crying. Another man showed up. I said, why are you crying? She said, they, they said 10,000, otherwise they won't release the boy. The man gave her 2,000. And that's how she was able to pay. And they released the boy out of that forest. The rest were taken. Who knows where they will end up? Tell your neighbor you need the Holy Spirit. Let's engage the Holy Spirit. Many of us don't even pray in tongues at all. And yet the Bible says we should first of all pray in tongues. Then after praying in tongues, we pray in understanding. And then another thing, after praying, of course, we watch for the Holy Spirit to give us direction. Where we were reading in Ephesians 6 and 18. And then we be patiently waiting for the answers to come. So how can you be an effective soul winner? When you pray, don't go back on your prayer by becoming impatient. I want to do an illustration, and I know that illustration will help somebody because I know. Can I have just three people come out? Three people just come out here. Let me do an illustration. Just three people. I need three volunteers to come out. Who are the volunteers? You don't want to come out for me. Okay. Praise God. <laughs> Three volunteers. And we're going to be um, demonstrating what happened in the book of John, chapter 4, about a nobleman. This thing is going to help somebody. The nobleman. The story of the nobleman, the Bible says, John 4, it says, this nobleman, in verse 47, he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee. He went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. Just like he would besought, come down and save my brother, save my sister, save my husband, save my wife. For he was at the point of death. Everyone who is not saved, no matter how much you love them, they are at the point of death. Paul realized that. Then Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down, no, my child is dying. Jesus said unto him, go your way, thy son leave it. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Thy son, leave it. 
Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus Christ had said unto him, thy son liveth. And he himself believed in his household. Praise the Lord. I want to do that demonstration now. This is the nobleman's son. Our mommy in the Lord is the nobleman. So this son is very sick. And you're just watching. And this is Jesus Christ here. This is Jesus Christ here. And then, Jesus is in town. You heard. So you leave your son and you go to Jesus. You go to Jesus. And when you get to Jesus, you say, Jesus, come and heal my son. You say, go your way. Your son is healed. Your son is healed. And you go without looking back. You just go without looking back. And as you're going, son, go there. Stand up. Stay there. As you're going, every step you're taking forward, your son is getting better. Stand, stay there. Where are you going? Yes. Every step you're taking forward, your son is getting better. Your son is getting better. And as you got here, somebody said, your son is well. And you go there and you meet your son well. What I'm trying to tell you is this. That was when Jesus Christ was on the earth. Now Jesus Christ is not on the earth. Jesus is in heaven. How should you pray? When you ask Jesus, believe you receive and you shall have that which you say. The Bible says the nobleman believed, he did not doubt. Jesus simply said, go your way, your son is healed. He didn't wait to see the signs of the healing. He just believed and turned. And every step he took, Jesus, oh, the son was getting better. Every step he took, the son was getting better. If this nobleman had turned back and started going, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the son would have started dying. And by the time he would come back to Jesus, of course, Jesus wouldn't be here anymore. The son would have died. Believe you receive. Mark eleven twenty three says, if you will say to this mountain, be that removed, and will not doubt in your heart. But believe that you will have that which you say. You shall have whatever you say. I want us to just rise up right now. I want us to rise up right now. I want us to rise up right now. We believe you have been blessed by right this now. message. To, to download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.